This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at Ravinia.org. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at WBEZ.org slash events. It's Curious City, where we take your questions about Chicago and the region and investigate, report, explore from WBEZ. Hi there, I'm Odette Youssef, WBEZ's Northside Bureau reporter, and I'm here to tackle a question that Jake Riley sent us. My question was, where do all the homeless people in Chicago go during the wintertime? Jake lives in Chicago's Edgewater neighborhood. He told me he's noticed that around Halloween time, the homeless folks he usually sees at L stations or on the sidewalks seem to disappear. My guess is they stay in the city and they go into shelters, but then my question would be, well, why can't the shelters help those people all the time? So two questions. Where do folks go when it's cold? And why don't they stay in shelters year-round? To answer this question, we went to someone who's spent a lot of time being homeless. My name is Bryant Cunningham. Bryant with a T. Bryant used to have a job and a home, but then life happened. (laughs) So you want to talk about the unhappy times. Okay. Those started in 2013. I had in a three-month period four heart attacks. He spent a stretch of time in the hospital. When I got out, I was a little hard to get back in the saddle. I got behind in the bills. Including his rent, because his medical condition kept him from working. Bryant's landlord let him go, and he was homeless for three winters. I've covered homelessness in Chicago for years. And here's something I've learned. People without stable housing develop vast repositories of knowledge about places they can go. They know things like restaurants that are open 24 hours. And they're constantly doing this mental math, weighing the benefits and trade-offs of staying at one place versus another. People have their own factors in that equation, like are they solo? Are they healthy and mobile? Bryant can't speak to everyone's situation, but he can shed light on how that math worked for him. So we start with a location our questioner already knows about, shelters. So you got your mats. Bryant has stayed at a couple of them. Your sheets, your blanket, and you slept there over the night. Obviously, shelters offer a warm indoor place to sleep, but they also have downsides. Like one shelter where Bryant stayed didn't want to upset the neighbors, so it restricted where he and other homeless guests could go during the daytime. They didn't like you hanging in that little two-block radius that where the shelters and stuff were limited. So you had to move around. At religiously affiliated shelters, you might have to participate in faith activities to get meals. I think it's 6.30 to 7 was prayers and sermons. Some shelters have curfews. If you're not back by, say, 8 p.m., you could lose your spot. But the biggest problem I've heard is that some shelters feel unsafe. They can be tense places filled with people who are handling a number of major life stressors. Homelessness, substance dependency, mental health challenges. It's no secret that fights sometimes break out. So the reality is, 
While many choose shelters in the winter, they prefer to be other places in warmer weather. Okay, so that answers the shelter part of the question. But there are a lot of other places homeless people go in the winter. Some folks leave town, some double up with family or friends. Others stay in single-room occupancy hotels. Brian's tried some of these, so I asked him to take me on a kind of tour of his experiences. We started at one of his favorite spots, the Harold Washington Library. Eighth floor and the seventh floor were home. Bryant and I spoke in an empty study room. On cold days, he'd pass up to 12 hours in rooms like this. He'd grab a book from upstairs on how to draw cartoons and settle in with a sketchbook. Sometimes he napped, though he had to be careful not to get caught. Pull a book like you're reading and, you know, unless the, or you wear the sunglasses while you're reading, you know. You just have to make sure that the book is not upside down. Getting caught could mean getting kicked out, something homeless people often worry about at the library. We exit the library to check another spot where Bryant killed cold daytime hours. It's a Dunkin' Donuts kitty corner to the library. Bryant gets a couple of breakfast wraps and a frozen drink. We sit at his favorite table in the back, out of the way where he won't be bothered. Coffee, couple of wraps, corner seat, and uh, eat very, very slowly. Bryant had a few places where, as he puts it, he killed the hours like this. McDonald's, Burger King, and uh, there's a restaurant on Canal and Roosevelt called the White Palace. It's open 24 hours. The downside is that these places require money, which Bryant didn't always have. But when he could spare a couple bucks, he'd treat himself. Bryant showed me one more place. It's just across the street, the Jackson L Station. Bryant used to ride the red and blue lines some nights to stay warm. We stepped into the elevator to go down into the station, and Bryant runs through his rules of riding the L. You never want to go to the very end of the line, either one or two stops before the end. Because he says CTA security would notice if you kept getting on and off at the last stations. He also has rules on where to sit to minimize chances of being robbed if he dozes off. Make sure you have your back to the side seats at the furthest end in the corner. With your back covered, your hands tucked over your bag. Bryant preferred riding the L to sleeping outside, but he says it is uncomfortable. With all the getting on and getting off, you only sleep an hour or so at a time. I circled back with Jake Riley, the one who asked where homeless people go. I told him what I'd learned, that lots of people do go to shelters in the winter, but they don't always like to be in shelters. That's something he hadn't considered. Here I was thinking that we had a lack of resources, and we do have a lack of resources, but it's more as in more options aren't available. We need to have more options for getting people into permanent housing. Bryant has housing now. He finally received federal disability benefits. With a limited income, he was able to move into an apartment. While Bryant and I were walking, we happened to pass by a man who was asking for money. Some people actually need it, but the people, what you call the quiet homeless, have been doing this for years, you never see them panhandling. Bryant says he was among the quiet homeless. He was always careful to blend in. He carried just one over-the-shoulder bag and maintained his hygiene. He never panhandled. He says he didn't want to draw attention to himself. If he looked like other people at libraries or restaurants, he was less likely to be kicked out for spending hours there on a cold day. As we walked away from the man on the sidewalk, Bryant reached into a pocket. Here you go, sir. God bless you. I appreciate it. 
Okay. Reporting came from me, Odette Youssef. Support comes from the Conant Family Foundation. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.